Arizona's Desert Diaries. Hello, Arizona calling and oh, spring is here and the valley is really starting to wake up. I went for my usual hike one morning this week and for the first time in absolutely ages saw several lizards scurrying across the rocks as I tromped past and also a whole family of gambles quails scuttling across the mountainside. If you spend more than a few days in Arizona, you won't fail to see a gambles quail. They're kind of pigeon-sized birds, speckled brown, black and white, and they've got a really distinctive dangly black top knot on their head, which kind of bobs around as they walk. They're quite scatty birds. I presume they can fly, but I've never actually seen them fly. They also seem to be in a state of perpetual panic, running like mad as soon as they see a human in different directions which is quite often, as there is a lot of them around. In our old house in Paradise Valley, they would always hang out on the driveway, and whenever we arrived home, (laughs) they would run around in fright, zigzagging back and forth in a really inefficient way. If we didn't actually stop the car each and every time to allow them to get over themselves and eventually dive in a bush, there would have been significantly fewer gambles quail around. (laughs) My daughters took to shouting out the window as we approached in their best Mancunian accents, channeling Frank Gallagher from Shameless. Scatter! <laughs> so yes, it's a far cry from when my mum and dad and I would mark the start of spring by seeing lambs gambolling around in the fields close to where I grew up in the Midlands. But lizards and quail and a mountain it is. Also this week, got the first visit from the pest control crew for the pre-scorpion season spray. Welcome to the desert. (laughs) I've been called on by a lot of American folk this week to offer the definitive answer to what all of Britain thinks about what went down with Oprah, Meghan and Harry. The answer, of course, being... It's complicated because there isn't a single response to anything. Most of my friends here completely understand this, but I have had a fun couple of meetings where I've been asked, oh, I must know, what does the royal family really think? And I've had to say, well, I've not checked my text from the Queen yet today, but I will get back to you. (laughs) I'd say the response in the press here is a little more nuanced than the massive pylon on the couple that I've seen in the UK press. But of course, here in the States, there's less of a sense of ownership over the pair and more of a sense of the otherworldliness of the royal family. So many people are just fascinated by the pomp and circumstance and history and tradition and every single supermarket checkout lane is filled with those weekly trash magazines screaming every conspiracy theory that you can imagine about the royals. Again, it's very easy to get a completely distorted view of the facts but then I think that's probably happening everywhere right now about so many different subjects. I was also called up this week as a resident Brit to offer some insight into an even more important issue. Here is the text I received from my friend Sarah. Sam, I'm so sorry to do this, but can I ask you a British question? (laughs) Clotted cream. Is this something you make or buy? I replied, I think you can make it. It's far beyond my capability. Usually you just buy it. Great, she said. Is it nice in tea? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? In cream tea, yes. You you put it in a cup of tea. (laughs) I said, no. No, 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 no. Clotted cream goes nowhere near the actual tea. The meal is called a cream tea 
and it does involve a cup of the drink tea and scones or scones, depending on where you live, and jam. And people get very upset about what goes on the scone or the scone first, the cream or the jam. This is a very British thing. She was very excited by this. On the programme we're watching, she said, the presenter put the jam on the cream and then said, I'm not getting involved in the debate. And me and my husband didn't know what the debate was, but now we do. (laughs) I said, it's not so much of a debate, to be honest, but a massive, massive issue. Friendships have fallen on this. (laughs) I'm only exaggerating a bit. Our talk continued. So cream tea is a meal, not a drink. Yes, I said, but tea is also what people in the north call their dinner. If you live in the north, it's the meal you have about six o'clock. What are you having for your tea? Steak and kidney pie. Thank you. Oh, I'm off for a chippy tea, etc. What do they call that meal in the south, she said. Oh, well, in the south, you call that dinner. But in the north, dinner is a meal. But dinner in the north is the meal you have in the middle of the day. It's dinner time. I'm going on my dinner break. I'm going to go and get a butty from the butty shop. What's a butty? (laughs) Uh, This went on. I didn't even start on the whole cob versus balm cake versus bap. I thought we don't have time for this. It's all too much. The thing is, though, I continued, the meal you have in the middle of the day in the south of England is called your lunch. So lunch and then dinner in the south. And then in the north, you've got dinner and tea. But tea is also a meal you have about four o'clock in a posh hotel with little sandwiches with the crust cut off or if you're in Devon or Cornwall. <laughs> the thing I don't understand, Sarah said, is that all of these places that you've talked about are only really a couple of hours away from each other. <laughs> the north and the south are closer than Tucson and Phoenix. They're the kind of two major cities in Arizona. And she's basically right. Tiny country in the great scheme of things, of course, England. Absolutely packed with very firmly held beliefs over what certain foods are called and when you eat them. Brilliant. I very much enjoyed this conversation. On a different note, it occurred to me this week that, in fact, today marks exactly a year since I packed my bag checked into my flight to Manchester and then had a really strong gut feeling I shouldn't get on the plane. The next day, of course, President Trump shut US borders to all non-residents from Europe and the rest, they say, well, we all know how that went. I've thought this week about the fact that I still would not be back in Phoenix. I presume the rest of my family, Dave and the girls, would also be back in England because with no idea of when we could reunite... I don't think they would have had any choice but to come back. And that would have been that. My mind boggles with how different life would have been had I got on that plane. The last year has been tough for so many reasons, but so brilliant as well. And at least in all of this madness, we've been together. Along with the lizards and the crazy quails. And yeah, those scorpions. I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 